And this episode of Hat Trick Hockey is brought to you by LaSalle Lawn Equipment. These guys are the best for lawnmower repairs, small engine repairs, tune-ups, diagnosis, free estimates as well. These guys will fix anything. Lawnmowers, snowblowers, chainsaws, leaf blowers, free battery testing on site as well. They also sell parts for the do-it-yourselfers. So feel free to check them out. They're at 1929 Provincial Road in Windsor. Give them a call today at 519-256-3928. And what is going on, everybody? All of you beauts and beauties, it is episode number 109 of Hat Trick Hockey, which is always brought to you by our good friends over at GL Heritage, the official beer of Hat Trick Hockey. And here coming as always, from inside Windsor Laser Cutting Studios with my boy, as always, Rob, inside Clarou and Son Roofing Studios. And, Rob, let's just do it. Let's just bring him in. We'll bring him in. We got the new guy. We have Tristan coming in from the Barker Build Studio. Tristan McGuire, welcome to the team, kid. Hey, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, you know, so happy such a great opportunity uh to be a part of this podcast and um happy to be on the team we're happy to have you kind of an honor i guess 100 percent, right? <laughs> it's an honor so boys what's going on rob we'll uh we'll start with you what's up dude as he cracks his beer takes a big old haul offer big day today glenn yeah. started his uh new job at uh, chuck's roadhouse no free ads but uh yeah uh got his hair cut i you should have saw the mop on the floor uh, and another f- free ad. Uh, Paul, Paul Spinelli cut his hair and uh, the mop that was sitting on the floor would cover your head, your head and my head. Well, I could probably fucking use some. I'm sorry. Yeah, you could, it, so. uh, you'd have locks, <laughs> locks, bro. I'm sorry. What are you laughing at over there? Young guy. He laughs when I make the fucking hair comment. He's over there chuckling. I got good hair genes, so I don't have to worry about anything. <laughs> All you Maguires do. Joe Bernie. Joe Bernie. Uh, I yep. apologize for just brain fart. But yeah, like I got choked up reading and hearing all the names in this book, like right off the bat, like all the Maidstone people. Pardon me. It's, it's, it's incredible. Like when I'm done with it, Aunt, I'll give it to you. And I really think that we should get Joe Bernie on here. Mm-hmm. Which book, which book was that again? Sorry, you guys kind of cut out for a second on, on like my end. Oh, uh, the name of the book? Yeah, like which, which was it? Uh, Jim Mahan. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm definitely, I'm down. I'm he down was to check a, it out. He was a Maidstone guy. Uh, yeah. uh, he was going number one to, well, they, they weren't drafting then, but he was going to be Montreal's first round pick, basically. Right. And, uh, just an incredible read um before we uh, actually go into the 73's opening night and stuff like that um before we forget i kind of hate starting the show like this but we want to um send our love to wally uh tatimer's family wally passed away about about a week ago he was on the show wally's a great guy he's big in the hockey world um so we just want to send our love to all those guys. Wally was an absolute beauty and it was an absolute honor to have him on the show with us as well. So absolutely. Yes. I'd, uh, I'd also like to send uh, condolences from us to the Tom's family. 
uh, assistant captain last year for the 73s, Andrew Toms. His mom recently passed away. So, oh, yeah. So much, much love out there to both of those families. Um, it's always hard, obviously, lo- losing somebody. So, anybody mm-hmm. there, we're here. So, lots of love. Um, we'll jump right into it, fella, shall we? Sounds good. 73s opening night. We were all there in attendance. Boys were buzzing. Uh, they outshot Dresden 36 to 14. After two periods of play, Dresden only had six shots on goal. So, which was nice. Shirky, obviously. Shirky scores twice. Archer had one. Uh, Bugle, I believe, had the other one. Mm-hmm. McBride looked looked amazing in that. What was Solid. that? Shirky, Shirky had two. Yeah, Shirky had two. Yep. Um, they were one for four on the power play. I just want to get you guys kind of thoughts on the game opening night. We'll start off with the new guy, Tristan. Well, uh, thank you, Ant. And, um, I must say I was impressed, uh, but at the same point, not surprised. Um, Essex, you know, on paper, they look to be uh, top of the division this year, um, in a rivalry as well with Wheatley, which we'll mention in a moment, but I believe that Essex, uh, you know, under Jamie McDermott, we're going to see a bit of a different style. Mm. Uh, I think it's going to be a bit more hard-nosed and defensive. Maybe less goals, but uh, a lot more cracking down on penalty minutes and keeping that to a minimum. Uh, I thought Essex's power play, only, even though they only went for one for four, uh, I thought they looked solid. And I must say that I'm very impressed to start the season with the new arrival of Jake Archer. Mm-hmm. He played very well, scoring the only power play goal. Uh He's got an incredible one-timer. He plays in the, uh, in the Ovechkin circle there on the mm-hmm. left side. And uh, he played well. They played uh, an entire new line, actually. Um, all the new arrivals, Isaac Lee, good left wing. Uh, centerman Ethan Hamlin, who can mm-hmm. bench press ridiculous amounts of weight. All I, I, I want to say he line. did like, yeah, he did 280 <laughs> for eight last time Jeez. I heard. So, Jeez. And then their right wing, uh, Jake Archer. So mm-hmm. all the new arrivals playing key parts in the 73s game. Mm-hmm. I'd say he's dialed in, eh, Rob? Jesus. <laughs> well, that Hamlin kid is a stud. I know his pop, uh, Scott, and uh, great guy, uh, great family. Um, I was very impressed with uh, Halsey, Shirk, and um, who, who's the other? Every parent he was centering that line. Unbelievable. Like, how many posts did they actually hit, even on the power play? Like, yeah, they went one for four, but... I will bet you there was five posts in that game. Oh, yeah. And we have to give a big shout out to uh, Kyle Blow for potting the first, uh, first what, goal what of the year. 50th anniversary goal. No, actually, no, he assisted the first one. He he shot it and it went off the leg. I want to say of Bugley. Yes, it did. Oh, okay. I thought yeah. he had the first goal, but hey, great for him. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like, and, and he played a rough style game, like, which, uh, you know, it, he's a big kid and really needs to do, do well in that role. So yeah, I, I was very impressed with the game, but uh, I kind of seen uh, what would you call it? Uh, the penalties really started coming. Like they started getting into some scrums and you, you know, the ref's only going to take one. Mm-hmm. So when you throw somebody down from behind or, you know, whatever and 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 uh to make um one point clear Shirky did deserve the first star of that game man yeah, he did. that kid is over. a water bug like i love his style 
I love his play. And uh, you know, he reminds me of uh, you, you guys uh, probably wouldn't remember, but uh, Rob Miller, Rob Miller was just uh, a rat out there or, or what do you call it? A personality maybe, Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we don't want to call him a rat. We'll, we'll just call him a personality, but yeah, like fantastic. Mm. It was a great game. I loved it. Yeah, the yeah. boys, boy, boys are buzzing. I'd also like to give a big shout out to uh, 73's general manager, Mr. Mike uh, Paley there. Mike, so it was Ethan's first game. So he came over, brought us down to the room. Ethan met a few of the guys, looked in the room. He got a puck and stuff from Mike. So thank you, Mike. Ethan's been carrying that freaking thing around all night. I'm just hoping he doesn't throw it through my flat screen. So either if he doesn't do that, we'll be good to go. So thank you, Mike. So then the following night, they traveled to Wheatley. A little bit of a different game, a little bit of a different style game. Essex outshot the Sharks 29-27. Here's the thing, though. Uh, like we just said, they gave Wheatley six times on the power play. They gave them mm -hmm. six power plays. So penalties were an issue in this game. The Sharks only scored on one of six. Um, once again, Jacob... Uh, Archer got the only goal for Essex. So he's two and two now. McBride stopped 25 of 27. So he looked sharp, but a lot of penalties, man. Do you guys think that this is going to be an ongoing issue or do you think these guys are going to reel it in? Uh, personally, I, I believe that Jamie McDermott is the right coach to do with a team like this. And you know what? With a bunch of new guys, chemistry, uh, it hasn't been established yet. They've only had two preseason games, some practices, and then one real regular season game, now two. So I feel with time, uh, they're going to develop into a solid unit together, and they're going to realize the time, when to take liberties and when not to. Last game, it was a lot, of, uh, a lot of chirping and a lot of times where they probably went for a hit where they shouldn't have a couple of late hits, a couple of trips that weren't needed, definitely. Uh, but you could tell that it was, it was simply uh, a psychological thing. Uh, they, in this case, I think the 73s were their worst enemy in that game, but props to Wheatley. They played a fantastic game defensively. Uh, their goaltender, Ethan Hanley played a fantastic game as well. Um, I must say also a, uh, a shout out to the defenseman on Wheatley. His name's Kyle Kelly. Uh, just dropped down. Uh, I want to say from junior B to play for Wheatley. Scored the nastiest goal I've ever witnessed in person. He came out of the box, toe-dragged around the first, uh, it was a forward on the back check, then put it between the legs of a defender, and then faked forehand, backhand. And it was just all in one sequence, it, all of three seconds. And I was I was freaking out. Just that's the game-winning goal. It was the yeah. two-to-one goal. Uh, crazy wow. stuff. Wow. That's awesome, Tristan. So you went to the game? Yeah. Yeah. So who, who, who was the defenseman that he, Connor McDavid? Uh, you know, I wasn't going to say. say <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, no, no, no. We don't want to see her anyway. Like, yeah. like, Let's go. Honestly, like, uh, oh, that's right. Well, you saw what you saw. Him. So little dangle snipe. Yeah. So it was, oh, it was something but, else. And the, oh. you know what? Uh, I will tell everyone, if you ever get a chance, go to a Wheatley game. It's electric in there. The fans oh, yeah. are really well, there's into tons it. of OV. That's why it's electric. <laughs> oh, OV and Crown Royal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I gotta ask you guys one question about the, the home opener. When Halsey hit that guy into the boards, was it 
uh, what do they call it? Uh, charge or uh, I think they called it boarding. 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 Did you think it was a boarding call? I didn't think so. So it depends on the game. Uh, for me, I think if it's a, a wide open game and the other team has a lead, you can start to call like a significant lead, three or more goals. You can start to call everything, try and keep everything even with a lot of penalties, you know, make, make special teams more of a factor. But I will say this, I didn't think it was either because <laughs> the puck and was just I, I, I agree, and I'm not being a homer. Like, we love all the teams, but, you know, if you're going to call a boarding call and all he did, I thought, was rubbed him out, mm-hmm. you know I what I mean? Same. And same. if if – I get called on a boarding call. You're peeling them off the boards. Oh yeah. And, 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 and it was nothing like that. It was like, he stood up, they stood up. It was just kind of a rub out that that's what I thought. And I, I, I just thought, you know, like let, let them play hockey. I get it. It was for nothing at the time, but mm. in the same sense, you still got to be able to play hockey. Yeah. It yeah. was soft. Cause mm. like in, 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 remember, remember when you grew up playing, Never turn your, 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 never face the boards. Yeah. That's what we were taught all along. Now it happens all the time. I know we were always taught to like, stay tight, stay yeah. tight to the boards. You'll, you'll never get hurt if you stay. And tight. he was, and yeah. that's why I didn't think it was a boarding. If he was a foot, two feet away from the board, yeah, but he was true. trying to grab the puck off, off the dasher and trying to turn and, and it was a bump more than a, a paste. Yeah. I actually agree. I agree with you. Yeah. You got to finish your checks, right? It's that's what your coach tells you. You You're 100% right, Tristan. Finish your check and get the loose puck. And that's that's what I thought it was. Mm -hmm. Puck came loose and Liam went for it. And then all of a sudden he touches it and there's a call. Right. Right. Come on, Flutter. Fuck. (laughs) And then the other flood was actually doing the game uh, last night. So (laughs) that's funny. Oh, so So, everybody. so, So that flood is. Uh, Kyle, so Kyle did last night's, and and what's what's the other flood's name? Brandon, Brandon, yeah, okay, okay. So, everybody knows too, the, the uh, 73s will be back in action this coming Tuesday night, the 27th. They will be at home against the Amherstburg Admirals with puck drop at seven o'clock. So, be sure to go out there and check those boys out. I think the home opener, there was like five or 600 there that night, I think. So five, just under five. Yeah. So yeah. not, not bad. So, but let's fill that place. But yeah. I, I, I hear Amherstburg is going to be a pretty good team this year too, as well as Wheatley. Um, and they got that Brandon Frazier kid who, you know, pound for pound, probably toughest in the league. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh, T- Tyler Frazier. I want to say, or yeah, Tyler. He's... Sorry, I apologize. I'm so bad with names. Oh, and I need to make an apology to uh, uh, Bull because I kept calling him Bear. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, we had him on the show, and I kept calling him uh, Bear. Fuck, whatever. Um, oh, this is Bo Porosky. No, no, no. Um, uh, uh, Barrett. Oh, okay, yeah. I don't know if I'm just spacing out or I missed it or something, but who's the new signing? Oh, okay. So I'll uh, I'll talk with the 73s you're talking now. Yes, yes. Okay, so the threes just got a guy from Leamington uh, by the name of Connor McCracken. Mm-hmm. Now, Connor McCracken, he's a uh, – I believe he's a winger. Shoots left, I think. 
but um, he's a very hard nosed, not a, he's an undersized player, but he's uh, skilled and kind of, kind of like a Luke Shurik, honestly. Uh, he's going to uh, just opposite handed. So he, he's very much like a, like a Cole Caulfield with kind of a Marshan mixed in there. He's very, very fast forward. He played for Leamington last year. Leaf, he had, I want to say 18 points, nine and nine uh, for Leamington. Played for them in the playoffs, had a solid playoffs. But then Leamington had an unexpected player uh, get healthy sooner. So Jack Cotter returned to Leamington, uh, which mean Leamington had too many cards uh, up in the air. So they had to let someone go. And unfortunately, that was McCracken. Uh, he did play two games this year for Leamington, had one assist. Uh, and now he's going to come to Essex. So I, I think on the day of the home opener, they might have signed him a couple hours before the game. Mm. So he's he's we welcome him with open arms, and he's another skilled guy that Essex can add to their already great forward core. Release the Kraken! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking game time, I'll tell you that. Let's go. So, like I said, be sure to check those boys out Tuesday night, 7 o'clock, puck drop against Amherstburg. So we'll kind of flip it over into the NHL here real quick. We got a couple of things to uh, shoot the shit with you guys on before we get into our interview, which is a crazy interview, by the way. So retirement announcements in the NHL. Sedano Chara called it quits. He was in 1996. He was drafted in the third round, 56 overall by the Islanders. Played 24 years, 1,680 games, 209 goals, 471 assists, 680 points, over 2,000 minutes in the box. He's a six-time Slovak Player of the Year, seven-time All-Star. He's won gold and silver medalists at the World um, Championships. He's a Norris winner, Mark Messier Award winner for leadership. He's a Stanley Cup champion. What I want to know from you guys, and we'll start with Rob on this one, is Rob, does he get the call to the hall? First of all, is that good? Yeah, no shit. Right? Like, <laughs> absolutely. I, I put him in the hall. Um, so now he's going to retire and go do uh, triathlons? Like, <laughs> the man's an animal. Yeah. Like, all, there was nobody tougher in the league, I, I would have to say, ever. Mm -hmm. When you're, what, 6'7"? Yeah, something like six, that. Nine. Six nine. <laughs> Small guy. When you're when you're shaking guys out like you know, carpets. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he's done it so many times. Like nobody ever dropped that guy. Like how do you even reach up that high? Mm. But yeah, all in all, like what a what a great everybody hated playing against him. When mm. when Toronto would play Boston, oh my goodness, nobody would go into the corner except maybe. Darcy Tucker, but that guy's got screw looses. So, yeah. like, but just just an incredible hockey player. What a, twenty four years? That's incredible, mm -hmm. incredible. Yeah. But yeah, years. Hall of Fame for sure. Tristan, I agree. I agree. You know what? When you're when you're groundbreaking like that, right? No one else six foot seven in the NHL would would make it because they were either too slow or uncoordinated. And he came in and really led the way for defensemen who were 6'6 six, six plus, could play two-way hockey. Remember, like, how many years did Chara win that slap shot competition? Oh, 108 tons. mile an hour. Tons. Like, he's crazy. Leader, wearing the C for so many years for Boston. And then, you know what? Last couple of years, he was jumping around the league, providing leadership to teams trying to make runs in the playoffs. So he's 
easy first ballot Hall of Famer, in my opinion. So, 100%. Did you know that they changed the length of sticks because of him? Oh, yeah. Really? Because there was always only one length that you could, like the tallest stick that you could ever have. Well, it was hurting him because he had to lean so far over. Well, they changed the length of stick just because of how tall he was. There you go. Custom sticks. <laughs> That's crazy. Another one who went to was Keith Yandel. So Yandel was a Total 2005. Uh, he was drafted in the fourth round, 105th overall by the Phoenix Coyotes. He played 16 years, 1,109 games, 103 goals, 516 assists, 619 points. He's a won the championship in Quebec. He was a defenseman of the year there, CHL uh, player of the year too. Played over 900 games straight in the show. Thoughts on Yandel, boys. Tristan, we'll go to you on this one first. Well, you know what? A guy like Keith Yandel, uh, such a fluctuating career. You know, he started out kind of the skilled defenseman coming in the league. I'm going to put up a lot of points. Uh, I'm going to be that number one power play quarterback, you know, running the point, putting pucks in the net, doing it all. But kind of as his career hit a midway point, he kind of adopted this, hey, you know what? I play almost every game. I should probably be able to do something more than just offensively play on the side of the puck. So he started picking up his defense and one of the hard-hitting D-men in the league, like two-way hockey, you want it, the, like, coach's dream for a defenseman uh plays every game leaves his every leaves his everything out on the ice after a shift like he would block three shots on a shift you know go up the ice get an assist on a two-on-one like a guy like that it's and it's i want to say he has the longest iron man streak ever if i'm not mistaken mm -hmm. meaning consecutive games played healthy so mm -hmm. crazy stuff i think that's going to change this year though with mr castle because I know he was knocking on the door of it. So, yeah. Unfortunately, it's it's probably not not going to stick very long. Unfortunately, well, but, two different two different style of hockey players, right? Like mm -hmm. one one's eating hot dogs, one's eating sushi. Yeah. So uh, one that being said, and <laughs> that being said, uh, they would you know like and, and like you were saying, Tristan, uh, like how hard of a hard nosed hockey player he was, you know. Um, when you think about it, he he uh, played so hard, and they they said that, that you know that he would come off uh, after a game, and he'd be sitting on the trainer's uh, bench, and everybody's gone home, and they're rubbing him down, they're they're like massaging muscles. He's staying there, you know, they're they're done at ten o'clock. He's staying there till midnight, getting you know, shit fixed, sitting in cold tubs, you know, like so that he can go the next night just to make that, you know. Mm -hmm. And then you talk about uh, when he went to uh, Florida, when he was in Florida, what was it with Joe Quinville mm -hmm. and they were going to healthy scratch him. Well, you look at that, that team when they brought that general manager in there too. And he's like, well, you know, I don't think that uh, we're going to use it. Like, you know, he was, he was, he wasn't even on the practice squad. He was on it for the beginning of the training camp. And then uh, next thing you know, uh, he's not even on the practice squad. That being said, Phil Kessel has a baby. They put him on a shift. He comes off the ice, jumps on a PJ to go see his baby born. Great for that team. 
great for that general manager, but you're going to healthy scratch him. And, and that's what ends up happening to, to end that mm -hmm. Ironman streak is they healthy scratch him because they want a kid coming up to mm -hmm. like. R reminded me of the Mike Madonna thing and Mike Babcock. Oh, right. Remember Very that ridiculous. whole fucking situation Terrible. to me that that's in the same fucking category, same category to me. Yep. Right. Yeah, you know what? A, so. This was a general manager. I, 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 I'm I'm kind of talking about general managers like um coach Q was going to play him but it was the general manager that was talking about you know I don't think and you only have uh you know so many options to go play somewhere else and you've given us this but if you want to go play somewhere else we'll let you go but there was a whole bunch of shit going on with that and yeah, yeah I, I I get what you're saying Ant but Man, like you, you, you healthy scratched him for a kid coming up that he could have just crushed the record. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you healthy scratch him. Well, and now he retires. Yeah, mm. that's Billy Zito down in Florida being right. the GM. It, that was ultimately his decision. You're 100% right, Rob. And disappointing to say the least. 100%. And like the, 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 the stuff he went through, the, the, the bruises, the the contusions, the lacerations, like whatever he did, whatever he could. And it wasn't just because of the streak. It was for the team. It was for the guys in the locker room. It was for, it, it wasn't for him. It was for the team. Right. For the boys. And then, and then, and then <laughs> when they were going to healthy scratch him and then they say, Oh yeah, we're going to put him in. What does he do? Go score his goal. There you go. <laughs> yeah. How's that? Put that in your Suck pipe and that. smoke it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the other, oh. yeah, the other guy was PK Subban. So he was 2007, 43rd overall pick by the Habs, 13 seasons, 834 games, 115 goals, 352 assists, 467 points, three-time All-Star, two-time World Junior gold medalist. He's a Olympic gold medalist. He's won the NHL Leadership Award, no cups, anything like that. However, he was saying that he wanted to play this year, but he only wanted to play for two teams. So that was either the Leafs or the Habs. Neither team didn't want anything with him. Rob, we'll go to you first, Leafs guy. One thing, well, two things I'm going to ask you. One, your thoughts on him, and two, your thoughts on if the Leafs maybe should have signed him, gave him a chance on a lower-grade deal, shall we say. I would have gave him a chance on the um, coming to the Leafs because – what could they they could have given him a million dollars or or lead minimum that that's not a problem mm -hmm. what's that 750 right and, and, and i don't see a problem with that the problem i do see is is he a problem in the dressing room you know like so when he won that gold medal for the olympics babcock sat him mm -hmm. i don't even think he saw the ice Mm -hmm. you know so look he's bounced around so many teams in the last little bit that you know and, and i get he's got a lot to say about a lot of things but sometimes you need to reel it in and who who knows I, like i've never been in a locker room with him so mm -hmm. you know that, that's that's three people i've never been in a locker room with so <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I like I I honestly would have signed him, but 
the general managers know way more than we do. So if, if there's an issue there, then that's obviously why they didn't sign him. And it's I, too bad because like incredible hockey player, like, and I think he's, he's got tons left in the oh, tank. Yeah. He's still young. Kind of like, it wouldn't surprise me if he goes to Russia or, or the Swiss or, or some somewhere, but he's made his money, right? Yeah. He's made his money. And yeah. it's surprising that Montreal didn't sign him because he was a hab for a long time. Mm-hmm. What about you? Uh, you know what? Definitely. He was a very charismatic guy, right? Very vocal, yeah. uh, really ran with his whole charisma. Um, and I, I loved him ever since I was a kid. I thought he was great throwing hits out there, scoring breakaway goals on the Bruins. I can't yeah, stand the cannon. Bruins. So he's got a cannon for a slap shot. Too. That makes oh, two of us just rip. <laughs> and yeah. even I'll, I'll never forget uh, when I first started getting into the um, management part of hockey, looking into that, the biggest trade in the recent times, in my opinion, was Shea Weber for PK Subban straight up. Mm-hmm. I remember I was like, whoa, no way. And it was just, it was crazy because Nashville at that time was Stanley Cup contenders. Yeah. They had a loaded squad. And when they add a guy like Subban, who was more offensive than Weber, I thought I thought they might take out Pittsburgh that year for the cup final. Too bad they didn't, but you know what? I, I wish well uh in his retirement. Uh he was a, a good player in my opinion, and I think he was a class act. Yeah, there might have been stuff in the room, but off the ice, he won a couple of King Clancy trophies because he was uh big for the community, right? Lots of yeah. fundraisers, lots of things for children's uh hospitals and homes like that. And respect to him for that yeah for sure he he did a great job in montreal like he he bought a wing or something for Uh, the the hospital yeah yeah for the kids hospital like fantastic person but just just i i don't know what do you think Ant? i would i thought he was going to be signed with one of those teams for sure i didn't really see him being done yet like considering you know he's 13 seasons yeah it's a long time in the league but it's not a crazy long time in the league you know what i mean and he's still young i feel he still has lots left in the tank but for me for teams to not to sign a guy like that to me like he's low cost high reward you know what i mean and if he's if you sign him at 750k and shit doesn't work out, just send him down to the AHL. Send him down to the minors. Yeah, you know what can I mean. I, can I make can I make a a point here? Um, do you think that maybe none of these teams wanted anything to do with him when he came out and stepped up for his brother on what happened in the? It was it the AHL yeah. or? We yeah yes. we shot the shit on that Rob a while ago. I yeah, re- but do you think that. that maybe that had something to do with no teams wanting to mm-hmm. you know like I don't know. I'm just throwing it's, it out there. I don't know your guys' opinion. Had, I don't know if that would have had too much in the pl- in the play, but he's like to me like during the season and shit. Quit posting workout videos, PK, and fucking get out there and worry about your hockey career. You know what I mean? Dude, he's he was like, like my brother doing it. I had to stop like, following him on Facebook. He's like ramming up his fucking like TikTok accounts and YouTube accounts and shit like that for all his workout stuff. So I don't know. And that's fine. And yeah. the guys have literally chirped him during the game, have been mic'd up. I've heard a guy say, Why do you go throw up another workout video? Like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like guys are still chirping him in the league about it. So yeah, PK um 
awesome player though. Yeah. Last couple of years though, I, I, yeah, he definitely dropped off. I don't know if it was something outside of hockey or just wasn't the right spot for him, but man, was he electric. Mm -hmm. Like the year he won the Norris, was it 15, 16? I want to say that he won that Norris trophy and just, and then he was on the cover of uh, NHL 17. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was right around that time. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Go ahead. Yeah. But for uh, what you said, Rob earlier about the uh, incident with his brother and the racial, whatever, uh, I guess that was going on. Yeah. Yeah. The, the um, (laughs) body position that the one player, his name was Jacob something. I can't think of it, but, uh, he he made a gesture that was presumed to be, in my opinion, the wrong way. Yeah, I I think it was completely wrong. I watched the guy's apology video, and it's like it's gut wrenching because it's really sad that everything has to be made that way now. Mm-hmm. It, it feels like understanding. Yeah, we need to be more aware of this issue, but at this point in time now, it seems like everything's becoming more racially motivated. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And- that's just what. But that, that being said, Tristan, it, it, he had done that before previously hitting somebody right. else, yeah. right? So right. And he said how it, it turned into that was. whole racial thing, I don't know. Maybe but what it was, they were talking about is because he did the, like, tough man pose or yeah, whatever, like, yeah. like, you know what I mean? But here's but the they thing. They made it. Two he, to three weeks prior to that, Tom Wilson did the same thing and no one batted a fucking eye. Yeah. When, he was in, when he was in the penalty box. Against the I Rangers. Remember, yeah, right? I remember all of and it. no yeah. one batted a fucking eye. Nope. So, it just shows you, right? So, we'll see. We'll see. We got way off topic on that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Didn't mean to <laughs> carry on it's there. all good. I'm just saying. But, yes. But I'm just saying. Wilson did, did the same thing and no one batted an eye. So, what's that tell you? Speaking of guys making bank, Nathan McKinnon, eight years, $100.8 million, 12.6 per season. What do you guys think on the deal? He's now the highest paid player in NHL history. Tristan, what do you think? He outdid uh, McDavid by, I think, 100K. Yeah, something like that. Just for the heck of it. But you know what? Uh, This is a win for Colorado. Mm -hmm. Lock up a guy who's wearing the A for your team. Top five NHL player in the league, anyone's list. Mm -hmm. And he's just coming off a Stanley Cup. And you know what? If he's if he continues playing like this and you get the prime of his career on this contract, I think it's a steal. Because I personally am a Detroit Red Wings fan. And if he was making it to free agency this season, any team is throwing 13 plus mil at him. Yeah. Even even though it's a lot more than his last contract, I think he still took a discount to stay there. And good for him. He's got a good squad to lead. He should get paid, though. Rob, what do you think? Well, Nate McKinnon, we have to hurry, too, boys. As, as history here. as history has shown, and I'll make this quick, as history has shown, no team has won the Stanley Cup with a $10 million over-plus player. Mm-hmm. That's all I got to say about that. So Toronto's fucked. And I said that. <laughs> I said that before. <laughs> Chicago did the same thing, and as soon as they gave uh, those guys their their ten plus, boom, mm-hmm. no more Stanley Cups on Patrick Kane and the Leafs too. But we'll get into that another day. Um, Tristan, you had a few other notables, right, throughout the league. Yep, yep. I uh, just wanted to read off a couple signings here that are pretty big, uh, setting precedents for other teams that want to get extensions done. Jordan Cairo. 
good young player for the Blues, signs eight years, $8.125 million, which in my humble opinion is an overpay for Cairo. But you know what? The salary cap's going to mm. go up mm-hmm. next couple of years. It's going to keep going up. League's getting lots of sponsorship now at the end of COVID and all that. Uh, and you know what? It's uh, It'll be interesting because Larkin is looking for a new contract. And I think that sets the precedent for right around where it's going to be somewhere between eight and 10 mil, because these contracts, they're really going to set the market, you know, mm-hmm. with, especially coming in the next free agency, the level of players you're getting at. And lastly, uh, the last point I want to make is a couple of RFAs are not going to be attending camp with their teams. Uh, Jason Robertson called their finalists from two years ago and Nick Hag, a good young defenseman for Vegas. So there's two guys who, if anyone remembers the William Nylander situation, they could fall into that same sort of deal where they're looking for a contract into November, possibly. Mm-hmm. You're buzzing, kid. Buzzing. And then he's going to be that far <laughs> behind, which is going to be terrible, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And yeah. then you know what? It's it really becomes teams are going to try and offer. You never know. Offer sheets are op, they're an option. Mm-hmm. If you offer up something that the, this team can't pay, we could see something like that. I know uh, the most recent offer sheet to be signed. I want to say with Sebastian Ajo, but then Montreal or uh, Carolina ended up matching it. So then Ajo stayed with the Canes. Wasn't there also a rumor about uh, Taves going to Toronto for Nylander? There was a couple different rumors out there. Yeah. Yeah. But they're all, I haven't seen anything on anything reputable. Let's put it What do you think Larkin should make? I think he should make between eight and nine. So my, my opinion, just because some guys nowadays are doing, uh, they're kind of putting little jokes in there. Like I know someone had a $20 signing bonus because they wear number 20. I think Lurkin signs for 8.71. Yeah, not bad. Fuck. Hey, that's, Why that's, don't you break it with, down, Tristan? Jesus. Paul. If he does, I'll I, laugh my ass off if he does. If he I hits it right on the head. You I'll heard it here first. Yeah, if he does, you fucking heard it here Our first. Our boy, Tristan. Yeah, hey, laugh. and I want to give your dad a big shout out. And your uncle Tady, uh, for hooking us up with you. That that was awesome. I really appreciate those guys. Also, I'll make sure to get the word out to the. Oh, I'm sure they'll listen to this one. Yeah. Actually, too, with the salary cap, real real quick, quick note. They're saying probably within the next four to five years that the cap's going to be up to about a hundred mil. Yeah. So those so those deals that are eight nine million dollars a year are going to feel more like five or six. And exactly. it's awesome to say yeah. that Gary Bettman is actually doing a really good job. As much as I can't stand As much him. as I think he's a Muppet. Yeah, he yeah. looks like one of the Muppets. Like the old guys sitting, those two old guys that sit in the, in the rafters they there. got the mustaches. Yeah. Except, except Gary ain't got no mustache. Yeah. Um, okay, so we got to go get pictures. Yeah, taken. so listen, we got to go take some photos. So until next week, we're going to sign off. Enjoy this interview. We got absolute legend terry harper with us tells us the story why the penalty boxes are split up because of him so everybody enjoy until next week rob and tristan we're signing off we'll see you next week enjoy the interview see ya roll it see you guys well this next man with us here played nine. NHL seasons between Montreal, LA, the Red Wings, St. Louis, Colorado, 
played over a thousand and well played a thousand and sixty six games where he recorded two hundred and fifty six points five time yes five time Stanley Cup champion let's welcome to the show Mr. Terry Harper Terry how you doing my friend thank you ever so much quite a intro intro yeah not bad <laughs> well you played a long time man that's a lot of games yes it is yeah I was very very fortunate and uh, got to play all those years mm-hmm. where it was did some it great all... teams oh so, yeah where where did it all start for you Terry like where did you fall in love with the game as a kid, uh, I grew up in Regina, Saskatchewan, and uh, you know played on the uh, what they called the Parks League, the outdoor rinks. And from I don't know eight, seven, eight years old, and of course, long winters out there, and we all fell in love with hockey. I was just one of the lucky ones that was able to pursue it as a career. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so. The thing I wanted to ask you, Mr. Harper, is uh, how did it all start and formulate that you knew you were going to go to the NHL? Because playing junior hockey uh, in the SJHL, I believe it is, Regina Pats, right? Uh, going undrafted, how does it work getting into the NHL that way? Well, that was pre-draft. There was no draft in those days. And the first time I put on a pair of squa- skates... <laughs> and played in the Parks League in Regina, Montreal Canadiens owned me, oh, wow. pro rights to me. If I ever went, ever went pro, they would own us. And that was true. All the cities were, in Canada were pretty much divided up by, uh, uh, by the pro teams. I don't know how they decided who got what, but uh, for instance, like Edmonton was, uh, West was for Detroit, and, uh, in Winnipeg, a big city, so they divided it into three, and. Uh, St. Boniface was Montreal's part, and another part was uh, Toronto's, and another was the Rangers. And, and as you know, back east there, all Peterborough and St. Catharines and those teams were all owned by NHL teams. And because the parks departments wouldn't allow teams to uh, recruit from around the city, once you played in uh, other cities, once you played in one place, then as long as you never moved, family didn't move, you were you belong to that uh, NHL team that owned the rights to that city, and so there was a progression where you went through the juniors and then to the minor pro and then to the NHL. Oh wow! Wow. So if if you don't mind me going back, Terry, like how did you get into junior? How did how did that all uh, evolve? I grew up in Regina and like playing in the parks department there, and went through, and it's just. You know, moved up from Bantam to Midget to Juvenile to Junior. Actually, uh, my I could have, I guess, may have been free to go somewhere else. But because as a teenager, my family moved to the West Coast, and I went with them for a couple of years. And then uh, Regina, of course, I'd been trying out with them before, and they called me to come back and play for the Pats. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was just nuts how how everything back then was just so different. Like the game was played differently. Like I think back then it was a game amongst men. Like, you know what I mean? Like you don't get any of that. If you were essentially, if you were not so good on the ice back then, you'd get a shot in the head. Like it wasn't, it's not like it, how it is nowadays where nowadays there's no accountability. (laughs) But it's interesting what's gone on over the years, isn't it? Uh, 
when I played, if you touched the puck, you got hit. <laughs> mm -hmm. That was almost automatic. Then they got away for that. Got away from that during that era when uh, the uh, World Hockey League uh, formed and uh, the NHL expanded. They got away from that. And I just read an interesting biography of that uh, George's LaRue and. I didn't realize that during the 90s that what happened when they went to that wide open, no hitting hockey game, each one of those teams had a, a, a tough guy on it who did the fighting for the team and, uh, you know, was expected to do the fighting for the team and protect the other players. And Samanko was in Edmonton, LaRue was in Edmonton. There was just a whole bunch of players that I didn't know. What really caught my interest in the whole thing was. The guys I played with, like I think of particularly Henry Richard, there's no way he's going to let somebody else fight for him. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was a little guy. He wasn't a big guy. Like I said, there was a lot of hitting. Every time you touch the puck, the guy hit you. Yes. Mm -hmm. So can you and, talk and about When they expanded, it got away from that. And that's when it became that wide open game that uh, when uh, Gretzky and those guys flourished, you know, did mm -hmm. so well. With no more hooking and grabbing and all that stuff. Not nearly as much. Not, yeah. not as much. Yeah, it's not only the hooking and grabbing. It's just you touch the puck, they hit you. <laughs> run into you. Yeah, not not a big crushing hit that was going to knock you out of the league or anything, typically. But they bumped into you, ran into you, bumped you into the boards. and uh, Yeah, you couldn't just get that much speed up. Mm -hmm. But any, anybody did that when Gretzky was playing. They were dealing with... Uh, Samenko or Marty McSorley, right? Yeah, but by that time, there was so many players like him, so many more players like him, even though there were those tough guys, those other guys didn't get really hit anyway. Mm. They, they were quick. They were out of the way before you got to them, I guess. I don't know. It's just the whole, the, the kind of the nature of the game changed. Mm. And that's why it was, when I read this uh, biography, I just said, I didn't really realize that it had gotten that way so much so during the 90s after during the 90s and, and now i think it's back gone back to more uh the way it was when i played speed maybe and not as many hitting as much hitting but an awful lot more uh speed and finesse play maybe mm -hmm. can you can you walk us through like when you walk into junior camp what what, what was that like <laughs> I, I what was it like uh i got i i was as I said, I was living out in Vancouver, actually in Nanaimo at the time, and I got a phone call from the Red Pats, who had I'd been in their system as a kid, so they knew who I was and where I was. Called and asked if I could come back and play junior hockey. My parents let me go if I could, if they guaranteed I could finish high school because I hadn't finished high school yet. And uh, so I came back to Regina and. Uh, the Pats and all the players there, almost all of them, I knew them from Bantam, Midget, you know, all the way, growing all the way up and played with them mm -hmm. and uh, and in the city, if they, we, you know, against each other in the Parks League. So we all knew each other and I just fit right in when I got there. And uh, that first year we went to the Memorial Cup. So that got me off into a really good start mm -hmm. in junior hockey. That's awesome. So, uh, Mr. Harper, your second year in the league, uh, in the pros with Montreal, 
uh, your first full season, you played 70 games, 149 penalty minutes. <laughs> As a second-year player, t- talk about what that was like, being in the box so much, kind of taking on that role of being one of the tougher guys on the team. I needed a lot of rest. I was a young guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't really remember. I, you know, we had a lot of uh, young, uh, smaller guys uh, who I thought I would like to help protect. And uh, so, yeah, I, I got through some – pretty high numbers and penalties. I even got through a couple of years without scoring a goal. So oh. yeah. <laughs> I, my, I made my uh, desire or forte to be why it was to be defensive, be a very strong defensive player. So consequently, I got to uh, kill penalties, all the penalties always, and that sort mm. of uh, deep, uh, defensive moment, finish out the games and tight situations, which I really enjoyed. And, uh, it suited me. I. And I wasn't as good a skater as uh, some of the other guys, so I, I wasn't going to be that strong a, uh, an offensive player. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of being in the box there, Terry, I heard that you kind of changed the game in a different way. Um, so back then, you guys, when you would sit in the box, you would sit side by side. You would sit in the same penalty box. But I believe it was you and a gentleman from Toronto, I want to say, that you guys were in the box, and then you guys ended up slugging it out in the penalty box with just everybody standing on the outside watching you guys. Now, I don't know if you've ever told anybody or anything, but, like, what did you say to that man to get him that pissed off? I I can't remember. I think I probably told him what a jerk he was. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the... uh, interesting thing about that was it, it was Bob Pulford and, yes. uh, and neither one of us were really known as big fighters or fighting that often but <laughs> for some reason uh, both frustrated enough to go at it in that penalty box at that time and, uh, that that was a war that was an absolute it, war I seen the footage there Terry that, that was that was wasn't just a fight that was a slugfest <laughs> It went on for a long time. And, and the concept, well, it's hard to believe for all the years of hockey history before that, they set you all, both in the same box right after that. they took you off the ice. And at least in this case, there's only two of us. But when there was a real brawl, sometimes you were standing room only in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's a wonder they didn't have uh, some wide open wars in that penalty box mm-hmm. uh, over the years. Yeah. And, and of course, there was always a little old gentleman, usually retired, white-haired, <laughs> in there that opened and shut the gate. And he was mm. in the middle, hiding in the in amongst all these big uh, uh, goons, <laughs> as we might be called <laughs> at that funny. time, anyway. Yeah, because then after that, I think it was the following year they were like separated, glass up at the forum, everything, right? Yeah, right. Well, they separated them right away, I think. Yeah, but then but next yeah, year, like glass. Yeah, next year they like put that. special yeah boxes in. Yeah, yeah. all all because of you, Terry. All because <laughs> of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. another fun thing about that whole thing is the guy. It was Bob Pulpert. I went and played for him in L.A. when he started oh, coaching there. No I was I kind of declared myself a free agent when the World Hockey uh, Association came in and was able to go around and negotiate a deal and uh, uh, to move somewhere and I went to LA where he was and I went chose him at when I the, I wasn't going to go to LA until I met him there mm. 
and spend a day talking to him about his philosophy of the game and how he liked to play it. Coach, I said, I'd, I'd, I'd like to play with you. So mm-hmm. I, I went there. So you can almost say that you were a game changer, right? <laughs> In a way, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so, funny. Yeah. They put certain rules in for certain people, and well, you got the penalty box. Right? Yeah, got, got, one got, of them. there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Winning now. Talk about the feeling, because no one else in this room is going to ever experience it, nor most of the people in the world. What does it feel like to win not one, not two, not three, not four, five Stanley Cups, even just the first one? I don't think you could even dream of it beforehand, how, how exciting and how rewarding it felt uh, to be part of a team that you know, proved to be the best one that, that year in the country, in the world, actually, in those days, by no, there was no, no other outside competition other than North America that would come close. And uh, it, was, it was great. As, and as anyone who's played the game probably has the same thing. It's a dream come true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It you didn't guys... get old after you won a couple of times either. <laughs> it got better. <laughs> what, what did you guys do back then when you would go out and, like, celebrate it? Like, did you guys hit the bars? Did you guys go to someone's house? Like, how, how did all that go down? Well, the, the big thing was they had the parade. And uh, we, they prayed us through Montreal. And I don't remember exactly, but probably from the forum down to the city hall. And then they'd have a, a, a official thing there and uh, present and have the cup. And that, that was probably the last we'd see of the cup. But then it went home. It went back to under, under lock and key. It's not like now where they take it around the country. Mm-hmm. And in those days, that was it. And then we would go, uh, you know, like you said, after probably, uh, uh, well, we even got invited. Toe Blake, who was the coach, had a bar right on St. Catherine Street, and we'd even get invited there (laughs) to to drink beer with them (laughs) after. They put us in a back room, sort of, but, of course, we had to go and meet all all the customers out front and uh, and walk walk through and say hi. And and then we'd go back in the back room and... uh, and tell our own stories about ourselves, you know, our trials and tribulations from that year, the things that had gone on and things that you teased each other about and laughed about. Yes. Love it. Were you back then where like, you know, they talk about uh, even, even people that play in Montreal today uh, about how they're gods in Montreal. Did, did, did you get treated like that uh, back then too? Absolutely. Yeah. We got treated. You could not be treated better than you were in Montreal. No, they, uh, they, although, you know, you say that on one hand, on the other hand, they booed players in Montreal. So if you're not uh, playing right, right? Yeah, when they weren't going, like they booed Bellabo. They blew jo- uh, booed Jacques Plante. Uh, those are just a couple of the greatest players ever. Mm-hmm. And it was not unusual for them to boo, boo you if you were having struggling or something. In fact, one game, uh, they were the uh, I got the puck in my own zone and went through the whole Chicago team, I think, down the other end. They were booing me when I started. By the time I got to the other end, they were standing up clapping. <laughs> and and we scored a goal. They all think I scored, but I didn't. 
<laughs> I passed the puck out front and Yvonne Cornway put it in. And, and people even today will say, oh, you, when you, I love that when you went through and the, te- the stands went from booing you to cheers to having a standing ovation. And just, when you scored, I said, ah, I didn't score. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> but it looked like it. Uh, actually, he, he put the puck in the net. I, by the time I ended up behind the net, I don't know what I was going to do back there if he wasn't out front. <laughs> That's funny. That is funny. Um, can you kind of explain to these guys real quick on the note of scoring goals? Can you explain to them the Harper hat trick? <laughs> well, no. <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, I didn't get a lot of goals. Like I said, there's, I think there's a couple of years when I got through without getting any. But uh, pretty much always led the team in uh, plus minus. Every team I played for, I was always the, the best plus minus player on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like uh, some players, uh, I didn't have the skill to score the goals. So, I had the skill to play defensive, play a strong game, and I took advantage of that. Mm-hmm. That's probably why I was able to, able to survive and play for uh, that many years mm-hmm. at that level. Well, after 20 years, you, you were, what, a plus one, 169? I don't remember. I didn't keep track and don't know, but I just, yeah, I had, yeah. I Hockey DB does for you. Yeah. <laughs> I looked it up. <laughs> you looked it up, all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're a plus uh, well, it didn't, seem, didn't keep years. very good track of a lot of things in those days. Like, like they have me down for 19 years, but I was actually there 20 years. And the first year I was in Montreal. I got to dress and travel with the team, but I never got on the ice. So you never got credit for a game if you didn't get on the ice. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, you know, I played with the Montreal Royals uh, all every uh, every Sunday, usually, but I was in Montreal, sometimes dressed in Montreal on Saturday night. And then after the game, when the team caught the, like they play Saturday night at home and Sunday in the U.S. somewhere, when the team caught the train and went away to, uh, one of the American cities, I would stay over in Montreal and play for the Royals that night. So I didn't uh, actually, I was with the team sort of through the playoffs uh, there, but I, I never got on the ice. So I never even got, not, never really got credit for another year. As I understand it, uh, your last two years, I believe, maybe three, uh, that you were with Montreal, you were the A. Now, being the assistant captain for the most winningest professional hockey team in any league, how, how was that? Like, the coaches looked to you to be a leader of a team that had all kinds of legends on it, play with them, like Maurice Richard, Henri Richard, Jean Beliveau, and then in your last year, Guy Lafleur. Yes. Yeah, we, you know, you go down that list of Montrealers, and there's nothing but legends, is there? All famous. Yeah. The greatest ever to play in the game. Yeah. Not that there weren't some other great players on the other teams, but the ones in Montreal particularly. And, and that's why, you know, they, they kept winning cups, I guess. You know, you got to say that, uh, what, what, Henry win 11 of them? <laughs> Yeah, I know that's crazy. <laughs> Makes me look like a piker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but that's you know that's the a lot, a lot of the guys there had uh, five, six, seven Stanley Cups. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's crazy. Did you, you use the hack darts with uh, Lafleur? <laughs> Did I what? 
used to hack darts with Lafleur. Yeah. <laughs> he couldn't Crush. keep up with me. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Hey, Ter, who did you score your first NHL goal on? Uh, you know, I have no idea. <laughs> no? And I, I, and I have the puck somewhere. I think. <laughs> I'm not even sure it's the right one, but, uh, <laughs> but it's, uh, no, I don't remember. I, I, I don't know. The kid sold it. One time I thought it was Detroit, but then one time I thought it was Detroit maybe, but, uh, my first really game when I got to play in Montreal, I think was against Detroit and I fell down and how got a breakaway. So <laughs> Maybe oh. that's what I'm remembering. Oh. You ever get elbowed by Hal? <laughs> oh, no. Oh. <laughs> uh, he's just a tough player. And, and actually, I didn't have that much to do with him because he was a uh, right winger and came down on the left defense. I got all the left, uh, like Bobby Hall. I still got dents in my shins from the shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. So I got, you know, like uh, Frank Mahovlich and all and still, all the big great left wingers come down mostly on my side. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you get a few tussles with how, but not really all, not in your corner all the time. Uh, mm -hmm. You'd be in Laperrier's corner or, or my first player, John Guy Talbot. Mm -hmm. I, I was just wondering weapons. if his elbows were as sharp as they say they were. I think he was just a tough player. He just yeah. wasn't going to take any guff from anybody. And uh, yeah, I don't know that it was elbows. It was just, yeah, strong, muscular guy who hit you, you into the boards. He held you there. Yeah. Ooh. That's brutal. <laughs> You're not I getting, out of that. Get, getting hit by that guy, man. I've seen photos of him when he was like younger. It's like, man, he was a big, solid dude. He sure was. Yeah. Yeah, too, oh. so there's always been a lot of them, though, hasn't there? Uh, look at uh, Bobby Hall. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, when he was younger, <laughs> mm -hmm. he was just a real muscular boy. Mm -hmm. were, were you on the, the team when, uh, when I think it was Richard got suspended and, like, the city, like, rioted? Were you on the squad then? No, I was not, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. that was just okay. the year before. Oh, so you just missed that, eh? Yes, I did. Yeah. Okay, because yeah. I know that was crazy times. I think my old man, he was like telling me all about it, and I was just like, "Holy!" Like I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Yes, when it was. Get, yeah. And you get traded for the rights to Dion to go to Detroit. Yes. Who who did you end up becoming paired with when you landed in Detroit? remember being paired constantly with any one person um no i don't like would uh, you have played with reed larson at all yes oh yeah definitely yeah reed larson yes like lovely player yeah yeah there's, there's quite a few there were some really good players in detroit they just didn't they had a bad spell there uh their organization was kind of in a mess mm -hmm. as you know that there was great players like reed uh, uh, Larson, mm -hmm. really great. Uh, um, what Mickey Redmond was there from yeah. Montreal, uh, Peterborough boy. Uh, I uh, can't think of too many others right at the moment. I was just going to ask you, Nick Libet, 
yeah, there's just a lot of great players were there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. Whew. Yeah, and uh, uh, that's another fun thing. Uh, <laughs> when I was with Detroit, uh, one night I get a phone, I mean, we're in the motel, we're traveling, playing somewhere, and, and there's a knock at the door. And I'm in for some, oh, I because the odd number of players maybe, and I was the captain, so they put me in a room by myself. And I saw, I go to the door and I open it up, and it's Dennis Hexall. Oh boy. Well, I don't think there was ever a game I didn't play when I didn't have a fight with Dennis Hexall if I was playing against him. <laughs> like, when we looked at each other, they like, okay. You come to my room. <laughs> You're coming to my room at night. <laughs> I was trying to catch you half asleep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. But uh, we became good friends right away. And uh, and the reason he was always such a pain in the ass is he was competitive. He was like, you know, he wasn't giving up for nothing. Mm. A real tough competitive player. Yep. Good fella. Best ones always are. Yeah, aren't they? Yeah. So many of them. Huh? Yes, they are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's it's still that way today, I think, from mm. what I see. Yeah. When I, I don't do think watch as many as there was back when you played. But uh yeah. Mm-hmm. So hey, how, how, were you devastated ahead. when you got uh, traded out of Montreal? I well, I organized that, like I said, because that's when the World Hockey League came, and I was free to go. Well, I wasn't, and I was. <laughs> we, uh, I had actually made a deal to go to Quebec City in the World Hockey League, along with uh, John Ferguson and J.C. Trombley. We were all going to go to sign with the. Uh, team in Quebec City because we could still live in Montreal and just commute and get an apartment down there and play there. And the Canadians asked me if I would stay in the NHL if they could if I could they find, if I could find a deal that I liked and you know get paid as much as I was going to get to go in the uh, world hockey. And uh, I agreed to that. And so uh, one of the places I, I there was several teams that were possible and uh, the one, like I said, I went to LA first to visit with them, and they already had Vashon and uh, Backstrom, who I, you know, both liked and both very good players, and some other good players. And I thought, you know, I, when I, like I said, when I met uh, Bob Popert, the coach, I liked the whole setup there. And when I went, told Montreal I was going to go there rather than they actually were going to make a deal with Boston. And I said, no, I'd rather go to LA than Boston. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't like the Boston organization. I had something about Boston organization that Montreal hates. <laughs> I was going to say, it's well, <laughs> been were. a great competition between the two forever, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Dude. Plus it's LA. Well, who wouldn't, who wouldn't want to go to LA? Well, it, we all thought that that wasn't hockey country in those days. Once I got there, I said, who wouldn't? <laughs> You're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was the easiest place in the world to keep in condition. Because you could go out and I used to like to go jogging all the time. I'd go out and run on the beach. And uh, you run a mile or so on the beach. It was like running 100 miles on the pavement. It was just mm. tough work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I found that easy. And the other was you're kind of anonymous. You could go and do things, go to restaurants, go to, but nobody bothered you. <laughs> they, mm-hmm. they didn't know who you were. So it wasn't like uh, in the original six cities, if you're in any restaurant very often, 
there was always a bunch of people wanting to come up and uh, talk to you and uh, interrupt. And, yeah, not that there anything wrong with them, but they just sometimes didn't know when to quit. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, yeah, especially when you're sitting there trying to eat too, right? Like, yeah. It's, it's got to yes, get a little yeah. annoying. Yes, sitting there trying, especially you're out with your wife or something with family, and uh, they just won't go away. And so when out there in L.A., nobody knew who you were. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, like what I said, when I went out there, I, I left all my shirts and ties at home and took a suitcase, bought a suitcase full of the T-shirts <laughs> and shorts. And that's all. Except and my Hawaiian shirts and listening to Jimmy Buffett? Yeah. <laughs> well, I wasn't quite that much but t-shirts i got a lot of t-shirts yeah mm. <laughs> but it was uh it was a nice light easy life uh out there and i loved it yes really did nightlife was probably awesome out there yes and then then when gretzky went there he took it to a new level you know yes yeah he did all the stars started coming out you know it was like a, a people watching uh Actors and rock stars and everything was there now. There sure was. Movie directors. Yeah, Yeah, uh, he kind of changed it again a bit. But even when I was there before him, there there was a lot of uh, there's a lot of Canadians down there. Amazing number of Canadians and quite a few that were in show business. And of course, they were always out. Every time we're doing anything, they would always participate in it, come out. I mean, I say a lot, probably was more than a dozen, but it just seemed like a lot uh, yeah. for yeah. L.A. Yeah. And all their groupies, too, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess those were there, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess. That's why it seemed like there were so many people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious, man. Yeah. <laughs> you got to play underneath some of the greatest minds in hockey for coaching-wise. What was it like playing under probably, if not the greatest, Scotty Bowman in your last year? Well, uh, I had played for Scotty before, too, in minor hockey, uh, in minor pro. And I knew Scotty very, very well. uh, And he was very successful. I don't know why, (laughs) really. Uh, But I I do know I played a lot longer under Toe Blake. And he was by far the best coach I ever played under. Um, he uh, he had a real good feel for where the team was as far as uh, mentally. Um, if they were struggling, he would do things to try and boost them up. Uh, I've seen him uh, do things like uh, we play a game and uh, you know we won three two or something against Chicago. And after the game, uh, you know, the press comes running into the room and Toe to Blake's there and they said to Toe, uh, what a great game and all that. And they're all talking. Bellable scores two goals, three goals. He scored all three, I think. And they said, what a great game. But, you know, and of course, you know what the headline in the morning is going to be. Bellable beats the Hawks in mm-hmm. Chicago. But he, before they even say anything, he says, the turning point in that game was in the middle of the second period when Claude Provo caught Bobby Hall from behind and stopped him from scoring. And of course, tomorrow this headline still uh, Bellable scores three goals, but the by headline is Provo turns the game around. Well, <laughs> Provo had been a bit of a slump, hadn't scored a goal in, I don't know, eight games or something. And uh, not that he was a big goal scorer, 
but he's just a great player. And uh, of course, you know, it's in the headlines and they're all, they all run to him and he's all of a sudden the center of temperature, ten, attention and goes on a little bit of a scoring streak. I don't remember how many or any, but it just had a real good little finish on the end of the season after that. Mm-hmm. Was that kind of thing that uh, Toe Blake was a master at. Mm-hmm. Um, Scotty was more a disciplinarian guy. He yelled at people and stuff a lot more differently. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he was very successful. Mm-hmm. Who, was, who was the biggest prick that you had to play for? The biggest what? Prick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you can say it. It's just the four of us. <laughs> yeah, I don't. <laughs> yeah. 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 No. Uh, well, the most disorganized thing I ever got involved in was in, in Detroit. And uh, I don't know. They didn't know who's coach or who's managing. It was just like a horrible situation there. Yeah. Oh, That's wow. why they were doing so poorly for so long. Right. Yes, and they had so many good players. Yeah. But they just didn't no, they did horribly. And and I blame it really on the ownership there it was horrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, of all of the like cities where you've played, which which is your favorite? Because you've played like probably Madison Square Gardens, you've played Olympia, you've played in all the old ranks. Which one was your favorite? I, I I still think Montreal was my favorite. The old, yeah. the old but, form? Yeah, the old form. Yes. Mm. And, and there's, you know, there's a lot of good things to say. Like, I liked uh, Toronto. The arena there was fairly similar. Detroit was not bad. It was a little different shape, the ring. And Chicago, a little different. Didn't like Boston because it was small ring. Uh, and you were and you were a Canadian, too. yeah. And you were a Canadian, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they don't even speak right. Yeah, exactly. It's okay, Terry. You can admit it. Okay, you're a Habs guy. You don't like the Bruins. It's okay. It's natural. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, rivalries are good for sports, aren't they? They are. Oh, yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. My favorite part. Did you Did you ever try and put one in the box where Ballard was sitting in that little? area there up in the corner no i didn't even realize yeah. probably didn't even realize he was there um yeah we didn't pay much attention to that the yeah. part of the game in those days yeah. he was sitting in his bunker all the time <laughs> yeah he probably was yes who's, yeah. who's that what's that you said who is that the owner ballard. Of harold ballard oh okay i was gonna say i don't know man this oh, is all like this is all older times so i don't even before know before you were this born was. this all takes place I'm, I'm learning a lot of shit here right now okay <laughs> that's why we have all the genres and age through here yeah get, get a real good mix <laughs> yeah that is true so, that is yeah. true the uh well, you, well how do you feel about the game now you like it it's okay like the speed and like how everything's played like just the freaking skill but like i don't know i'm not saying i'm like who doesn't love and like any of the fights or anything like that but it's kind of dummy down i just feel like the bad hits and everything are up because nobody's they're not really they're like i said earlier there's no freaking accountability forever like you throw that bad hit you don't have anybody going after you like you did back in the day right mm, okay yeah i i don't like it i i it's too fast uh, the, <laughs> too fast. it's too fast when they took out that red line 
that really screwed a lot of defensemen, you know, not being able to hold somebody up. Now they're coming at you at a hundred miles an hour. And if you can't wheel backwards, you're screwed. You have to be a good skating defenseman in that league now. Yes. Yeah, I'm no. sure. That's what I see. Yes, I agree. Yeah. And, and a lot of those defensemen just get crushed into the end boards because, you know, they go dump it in the corner and if their partner can't get back there fast enough and you can't get in their way anymore because now it's interference. So it's free game on the, on the demon. That's what I see. The, the automatic whistle on the icing. I wish that had been around when we played. <laughs> oh shit. Eh? You probably got pasted a couple of times. Oh, didn't you? All the time, especially in Boston, <laughs> Philadelphia. They used to just pick on me. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Philly, I forgot about Throw it in my corner and then two or three of them run at you. <laughs> oh. like, like the Hansons. Yeah, like the Hansons, exactly. That's <laughs> yeah. shit yeah. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I couldn't do it. Hey, I noticed you got a couple um, All-Star shirts up there. When did you play in the All-Star games? Oh, a number of times. I don't remember which when. Yeah. When it first started in Montreal, when they won the cup, they didn't, when you played the game, the the winning cup team played the all-star team. Oh. And uh, then a little later, by the time they got to expansion, that's when they started having two whole different, two pick, two teams. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to see yeah. them go back to that <laughs> style of jersey for it. I love those style of jerseys for it. Don't you? The old oh, yeah. style of jersey? I don't like the new ones I have. Yeah. That, I don't like the All-Star game. I don't even watch it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't have well, the time either. Not, yeah, it's not very It's silly. Yeah. You know, like back in your day, they, they used to fight in the All-Star game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really? It was a big deal. Oh, yeah. Cordy Howe had a bunch of fights in the All-Star game. Come on. I, I need to start oh, yeah. watching some of these old clubs. Like, what am I doing They're unreal. right now, man? I need to be watching this shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Holy crow. But when, when did when did they change that? When did they change from uh, going for the Stanley Cup winning team to just all the All-Stars? Uh, I think about uh, probably late 60s. Yeah. Yeah. Expansion. Maybe 60. Yeah, maybe expansion year. It might have been, yeah. Mm -hmm. Or maybe right after that if it wasn't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How did it how did it get facilitated, uh, Terry, in your last year? You only played, I don't even know if it was a half a season for Colorado, the Rockies at the time. How did it go from you that same year being a player to transitioning to a uh, a coaching role? How did that all work out? Yeah. Well, I started out as a coaching role and okay. playing. Yeah, uh, I, I, had I had basically retired and uh, was back in Detroit, got a phone call one morning and uh, asked if I'd like to uh, coach, be assistant coach and play in uh, Colorado. And I jumped at the opportunity. <laughs> and the main reason was uh, I wasn't going to do it. I told the guy, no, I wasn't really interested in it. I was retired now. And we had told, uh, we have uh, three kids. We told them we wouldn't move again until they finished all finished high school. And so I, we had not planned on moving again. And uh, I went back. It was it happened on a Sunday morning. I went back. We have breakfast all together. And I, they asked me what who that was. And I told them what the, that little story. And uh, they said to me, 
oh, we want to move to Colorado, Dad. (laughs) (laughs) So I called the guy back. (laughs) And said, yeah, I'm coming. (laughs) My family wants to move to Colorado. Well, we were kind of unusual for a hockey family because uh, we were skiing all the time. Like even when I was in Montreal, I used to go night skiing uh, after practice lots of times. And uh, uh, and at the end of the season every year, we'd all go, we'd be going somewhere to go skiing uh, and spend a week, like wherever there was snow, sometimes in Vail, sometimes in Mammoth. Uh, in fact, we were at uh, Whistler the very first year it ever opened. We, that, that was the last place that had snow that year after the Stanley Cup was over. So my wife and I and kids all went out there for skiing. Mm-hmm. So we'd always skied and they'd always wanted to live near skiing. So <laughs> that's kind of why the attraction they wanted to go, I think. And uh, <laughs> it was a good move. We all we had a good time in Colorado. How, how tough was it being a player and a coach? You know, like... Well, I wasn't the head coach, so being an assistant coach, you're not really that tough. And the players were really good to me, and I think in a lot of ways I had been of some help to them during the season, you know, helping them out. And I, so I didn't start playing till later in the year when we ran out of players. Huh? Mm-hmm. That'd be tough, though, to do, like, coach and play at the same time. Like, your mind's kind of here, there, a little bit of everywhere, right? Like, you're trying to coach, you're trying to play. I just don't know how – I just – I can't get it through my head because in my time I've never seen that, right? Well, certainly not at the NHL level. That used to go on a lot at the minor – league level like the western hockey league and the american not maybe so much american hockey league eastern hockey league it wasn't, mm-hmm. wasn't that uncommon uh to have uh, a coach uh who played some mm-hmm. and uh, you know i think uh, like in halatawa one year we had a guy uh, armstrong was his name that played for boston retired came he played and coached with us that year oh. Um, Usually they had an assistant coach, too, if they were playing, who would take over a lot of the load. Now, you said um, traveling. You guys did a lot by train back then, correct? Only way. That was the only way, right? No no bus, no, not just straight up train? Straight up train, yeah. Well, I guess some of the teams would have short hauls, but from Montreal, there's no short hauls, so it was all train. Oh, man. Yeah. That had to make some long trips. We we spent a lot of nights on the train, uh, (laughs) hiding in the bunk, drinking beer. (laughs) (laughs) Damn right, that's my that's my idea of a trip. (laughs) Good trip, yeah. And of course, we played on the weekends mostly. Yeah, like you know, we play uh, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Mm -hmm. occasionally Wednesday, but so you always Sunday you were out after your last game for the week. You were traveling on the train home because it was always an American city. There was no hockey in Canada on Sunday in those days. So you'd be on the train going home. So, and you didn't have uh, a game till at least Wednesday and probably Thursday. So you had some time to let loose, let down, and uh, tell lots of good stories with the guys and drink some beers and then uh, still, still be in, not lose your, any of your conditioning really. Mm-hmm. Then have to play guilty the next day. No, yeah, we usually got the Monday off. Well, no, sometimes, okay. you, didn't nice. home. sometimes you didn't get home until Monday 
at night, like uh, from Chicago, we'd leave, we'd leave Montreal at 11 o'clock on Saturday night, arrive in Chicago at 6.30, get in the police cars, rush to the rink, or escorted taxis yeah. with the police car, get us to the rink, get dressed, play the game, get back on the train at 11 o'clock, wouldn't get home till 11 o'clock Monday night in Montreal. My so, God. That was a good, that was a fun weekend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I want to take a train to Chicago. Oh, no shit. Just to play a game in Chicago. Yeah. I know these guys nowadays have it so good, eh? They're flying oh. on buses, like first class, everything. Like you guys are the ones that, are, that to me, essentially built all that up for these guys today. Yeah, like any sport, the ones that went before, I had mm -hmm. a lot to do with it, yes. Mm -hmm. Love it. What was it like playing with uh, Lanny McDonald, Terry? Ah, good player, good guy. Yeah. Did he have the big old mustache too? Then? Yeah, he did. Yeah, I never quite understood that. But <laughs> cookie duster, get the crumbs <laughs> off before they uh, get all in your beard, mustache. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, he uh, does have a huge mustache, eh? Yeah, it was always huge. Covered his bottom lip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like a freaking walrus. Yeah, like a walrus mustache is what it is. Eh? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, and he was he was a good guy and a good player. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. a nice, nice person. Nice person. I liked him in Toronto. Did you? Yeah. yeah. What did back then? What did you guys? Because today a big part of the game is conditioning, right? They're always in the gym, always training. Back then, did you guys? Was it usually just a skate for practice, or what did you guys? Do to stay in shape outside of just hockey. It was pretty primitive in my time. Um, I was one of the few that did a lot more than just hockey. Uh, in that, I jogged a lot and rode a stationary bike. But a lot of the guys did nothing but just skate. That was it. Practices, and things. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was starting to change. Uh, uh, we were starting to like today. Their their uh, diet is really controlled and you know, they're very aware of it. Ours wasn't at all. It was just started in my era there that mm -hmm. we started to become aware that uh, the probably the best thing for a pre-game meal is not a great big steak. Um, <laughs> actually, Jock LaPerrier and I got started with it in Montreal because I had been reading a, <laughs> one of my magazines. And said, oh, look at the, the uh, NASA, the space group. They're not eating steak before they uh, are going to have to work hard. They're, they're carving up. Mm. And I said, we should try that too. So we started to do that. And uh, so we're probably some of the first that did do it in the NHL. Mm -hmm. I, I read that same article in Playboy, Terry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's, I was going to say, I, I thought I read it in Scientific American, but <laughs> maybe it was Playboy. <laughs> that's funny. Hey, did, uh, did like you guys ever get, like, let's say you played in like New York or when you played in like Los Angeles or whatever, when you guys would go out after the game, would you guys ever get to hang out with any of the stars or like, like, like i don't know yeah just stars just like movie stars like guys that you would see like is there anybody really famous that you got to hang out with no there's not that i did no um, some of the guys there probably did but i didn't uh, by the time i got there i was a little bit older and wasn't uh, quite as uh, 
always going out all the time. Mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> and, you know, I had, had a wife and uh, three kids and yeah. Mm -hmm. so, so no studio. Some of the younger guys you? would hook up with some of the stars. Yes, they did. Not the big name stars that, uh, but they, uh, they had a couple of bars where they went to where they also knew they'd all meet there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because we had Eddie uh, Mio on a while ago, and he's talking about when he's out in New York City, and he's with who? Who is he with again? Rob, he's with Ron Duguay, and he's out, and they're hanging around with like Madonna, and like they're hanging around with all these people, and he's telling us. So I was just like, holy shit! So I just didn't know if you were doing any of that when you were in like Los Angeles or anything. No, that, that, none of that really existed. Then nobody knew who we were. We we're just hockey players. <laughs> I don't think those stars didn't really know. I didn't like. I said in, in LA, there was a small group. It's it's not real small, but a smaller group of ex-Canadians or that were down there because they were in show business and mm -hmm. writing, acting, and I don't remember their names because they weren't. You know the kind of names like john wayne and the madonna mm -hmm. those kind of names but they were people that if you're in new show business would know about them yes they were mm -hmm. good and i'm tap boy so so if uh, you guys got some fire away fellas were, were the strip clubs good back then too <laughs> in montreal because that's all you hear about yeah. I'd ask. It's Montreal. We always yeah, fair ask. enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, Montreal at home. I couldn't go out of there. <laughs> they don't recognize you. Well, the funny thing is, like I said, when we got home on the train on from Chicago, sometimes quite often it'd be Monday night by about 10, 30, 11. and uh, as if we needed another beer, <laughs> we would go down to the strip club. <laughs> <laughs> on, on one of the streets there and, and not the kind of strip clubs you need. <laughs> i think the youngest stripper was probably 60 oh my <laughs> 50, 50s <laughs> they, were, they were not not the flashy bottle you think especially at you know we we're talking about midnight on monday night oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. who's out there's nobody out there's weekends yeah <laughs> So we go down there and drink a few more beers, like as if we ever needed to hoot and holler a bit, and then go home. <laughs> Bring out the Monday crew. Yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't oh, have man. the Monday crew and the Habs are in the house, man. Come it was on. trying to get all those guys to go home to their wives. Well, yeah, there was a, an ex-Hab, well, I don't know if he played, that owned one of the clubs down there. That's why we went down, actually. But it was in, there was a street, there was two or three of these uh, they call them strip clubs. They didn't really strip all the way off in those days. It was just, but it was fun. Yeah. Good cover, Terry. Good cover. Good cover. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you uh do you still get out and skate and play? I probably play three times a week on average. Wow. wow. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe not. Twice a week. Often it's three times. Yeah. You, know. hey, you still got the old tube skates? Uh, well, they, no, there's no one man out here. Except me. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, no, the one the one league I play in is over 50. So that is older, 50 and older. But mm. the other two are open. <laughs> there's some young guys, <laughs> real young ones, like 20, 22-year-old flyers. Cool. That's crap. 
Didn't but you, they're, uh, kind, they're very kind to me and give me a little room. And mm-hmm. I have a good time with them all. Didn't you wipe out there a few weeks back or whatever? Hurt yourself a bit? Yeah, but not playing hockey. No? No. Oh, okay, because you said that you – okay, I, th- I thought that you said that you were on the ice when that happened. That's why I asked you about it. Yeah, no, I, I was out camping, and it was dark, and I fell over a big rock. Oh, okay. I wasn't drinking all night either, Oh, guys. I was just going to say, those train beers, eh, Terry? Or, uh, you been uh, sipping on the old cough medicine there, Terry? Somebody had moved this rock. <laughs> the rock just jumped out and grabbed your foot. Yeah jumped and got me i really crashed i mean my face went right into the dirt i was spitting oh. dirt all night blood everywhere <laughs> scratched all up oh. it's a harder hit than you ever taken in hockey eh? <laughs> yeah as bad as i ever had taken in hockey. yeah so it, but it wasn't hockey related <laughs> i thought it was that's yeah, good that you're still freaking playing man that's crazy but it's, it's even crazier because the reason we were over there we went over there to go camping and walk in the redwoods because uh, we've had a hot spell here this summer. It's been really hot, but if you go along the coast, it's always cool along the coast where the redwoods are. That's why they grow so big. Is you know the temperature tempered and it's a lot of moisture in the air. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a friend who had, his wife and him were supposed to go to this concert over in San Jose, and she bailed out, wouldn't didn't want to go. So he says, "Well, will you come with me? <laughs> and then we'll go on these hikes." And I said, oh, sure, I loved it. I loved, I loved going over there hiking. Well, turns out that the uh, concert was Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, sweet. I, I don't know if you've heard of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're not my music. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite the show. I loud. Oh, boy. So you dropped <laughs> some acid and crushed some beers and watched the Chili Peppers. Yeah. And my friend, he, he did a little survey. He said, you're by far the oldest person here. <laughs> so, but, well, yeah, the next funny. closest to you is only 60. <laughs> 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 if I leave, you'll be the oldest. Yeah. Yeah, and I said, how the hell did I end up there anyway? And then I paid the price, smashed up in the dark. By <laughs> the time we went to put our tent up, and that was dark. <laughs> oh, my. Hadn't been drinking that much. <laughs> I swear. That's funny. What's the secret? Like you're, you're getting older now. And like, like you're more nimble than most people who have hit 40. Like what's the secret just to lead in a healthy lifestyle like you do and staying active? Just staying active. I think I believe it's totally just staying active. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Always keeping active and always and very not doing just one thing. Um, you know, like I said, I, I biked and I hiked and I, uh, jog you know just kept very different things and even stretched a little yeah which i'm just discovering is i should have been doing a lot more of yeah as i've gotten older mm-hmm. change your diet too as well my diet's always been pretty good like i said way back even uh, when uh, i was playing how i was changed very interested in diet and uh, i got away from eating so much uh, big heavy meals and uh, eating more variety of uh vegetables and fresh things yeah mm-hmm. hey what do you so what do you do now that like like off the ice now like do you do you play golf like do you play anything like that now or i, I play golf when somebody will play with me what? <laughs> yeah. i used to golf quite a bit but i got away from it yeah and now now i 
my well my, a few years back my daughter was just starting uh and lives here nearby and and she got used to take me or get me to go with her because nobody else would go with it. But she soon passed by, and now everybody at the club wants to go with her, to golf with her. So mm-hmm. I, I got nobody to golf with anymore. <laughs> You're holding her back, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just I enjoyed going golfing, yes, but uh, not not as much as I did at one time. Mm-hmm. Walker cart. Oh, both. Sometimes walk, quite often walk, but quite often some of the courses they make you use a cart now because you're too slow if you walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they force you to use a cart or don't go. So yeah, I'll always use a cart when I go. I'm not good enough to walk. My ball's everywhere. Yeah, well, I put in three times the distance that the course is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> me too. I know what you're talking about, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, miles there, it's like 30. Yeah, how could it go that far offline? Eh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, it, uh, mine's all over the place. And that's the problem with, <laughs> nobody wants to play with me, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shit, anytime. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, just the whole thing of keeping active and, even if it's just going for a walk, it seems to work really mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a lot of good hiking out here in California. In here they they got a lot of their uh, state put aside for recreation, like mm-hmm. a lot of parks, tons of parks, and miles and miles of bike trails, hiking trails. Yeah, really good. Mm-hmm. that's one thing they do do well out here is to have kept you know everything from being developed the houses built on it kept mm-hmm. all these green areas mm-hmm. everybody nice. kind of makes fun of the california and their green areas air a green attitude but it's really pays off it's a good place to live because of that i think mm-hmm. awesome um so i i always i always like to finish off my questions with uh you know how they have the horn in the NHL when you score a goal, which which I can't stand. Can't, can't say stand. Rob, Rob I think it, it takes away from the cheering of the crowd. You know, like I can understand that if if you don't have enough <laughs> fan base to have something this loud, but Toronto doesn't need one. Detroit doesn't need one. You know, like those big teams, they they don't need them. But uh, if if you if you scored a goal, like we'll say one of your three in a year, what what song would they uh, end up playing? That you'd like to hear what would be your song that they would play oh i don't know red hot chili peppers <laughs> <laughs> and not give it away give it away give it away now <laughs> yeah there you go i don't even know the songs i just jump into them <laughs> couldn't sit still like yeah. that's, that's hilarious though man you know I, you know you you just hit on something that really irks me when i go to a game right now they'll go to the game and they'll start flashing up make noise make noise make noise on the thing yeah people make noise when they deserve it when it's good right if they see something they're going to clap just to make noise because somebody's egging you on and they're playing the music oh, i hate that yeah don't <laughs> tell me what to do yeah, yeah. i agree with well you it's the same thing where they start doing the crowd shots and different things and yeah come on 
Uh, well, I know what I hate is that between periods in uh, San Jose, you go there and they got all these stupid games and things going on out in the ice. And they got that big, uh, what do you call it, con- you know, thing in the middle of the, the Jumbotron. Uh, what? Jumbotron? Jumbotron. Yeah. 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 And I said, well, why don't you just put the highlights from other games around the league? Or, exactly. interviews, or interviews from uh, the end of other games, because they're all over by the time of San Jose, like from back east. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. You're there for highlights a hockey game. Just hockey. Yeah. What's wrong with hockey? What's, do yeah. we have to have a show for everybody? Yeah. Don't yeah. go to Vegas yeah. then, Terry. Oh. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> You'll fucking lose your marbles I'll... in Vegas. I'll tell you that. <laughs> it's all a show in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. But it just drives me crazy when I go over there that, that they wouldn't show more hockey. <laughs> mm, I agree. But, you know, there's some good interesting things always going on around the league. Yeah, sure. You can show highlights through the, all the games that are being played. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, oh. and here they're going, and they're all over by the time we're playing out here. Right. Mm-hmm. So they're full of very up-to-date ones. And instead yeah. of that, they got all these That's a great idea. games. They kids out there falling all over and doing stupid things on sleds. And all <laughs> no interest at all. Yeah. I can't imagine why anyone does when they could see, you know, you could get the uh, highlights from a game back east somewhere that same right. night with, especially, you know, some of the great announcers. Mm-hmm. I don't know them anymore, but like, you know, you had the Montreal Cavalier and, uh, and those kind of people that are really were good analysts of hockey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. the Leafs there every Saturday night, there are Bob Cole, Harry Bob Neal, Harry like Neal. guys like that, like absolute legends of the game, right? Yep, yep. We could have them on out here if they just pick up the, the feed from them instead of this stupid stuff where they're trying to make noise. Hockey night in Canada is still not the same without those two. No. Yeah. And to your me, former just... your former teammate is uh, the announcer for the Red Wings now too, eh? Mickey Redmond. Mickey, yes. I, I understand he's done a great job there. I love him. Doing Can't color. Stand. She's fantastic. <laughs> Can't stand him. What? Rob don't like the bingo bango stuff. No. Oh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Maple Leaf fan. I don't want to hear Mickey Redman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I just heard, I've never heard him actually t- doing a game or talking about it, but I've heard that he does a super nice job. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's so, a homer for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Is and he- Joe Bowen's not? Come on. Even though Joe's awesome. Joe does. Joe Bowen is too. Joe Joe Bowen does all the games, though. I know, but he's a homer too. (laughs) Well, that's why we expect that, don't you? Yeah. Well, they're they're paid to do it, right? That's yeah. yeah. That's why they got the job. They don't do that; they might not have a job. (laughs) Yeah, that is true. But Joe is one of the best, though. I do like Joe Bowen a lot, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like listening to him do playoff games, like Bob Cole used to do all kinds of different playoff games, and it was awesome hearing hearing him do like Lemieux's. you know, going down the wing and getting a shot off or whatever, scoring a goal, like just amazing, amazing voice. Like you can close your eyes and you can picture the game, him calling it, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, that's, yeah, that's you didn't the good have one. to see it. Eh? You could right. do it from just his, yeah. 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 But that's what made him the best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. There's a few, there's been a few of them and they're really good. Mm-hmm. Um, are you guys all uh, set or do you guys have any more for them? Uh, one more question. Uh, I believe your final year was 80 to 81. 
Is that correct? Uh, I think it was in the 82 by the time I. Okay. So yeah. did you ever have a game in that, uh, that few, those games you played in the shorter season there against Wayne Gretzky? Yes, I did. What was that like trying to defend yeah. against that guy? Yeah. I don't really remember him standing out that game that I did that much. Um, maybe because we're more than aware of him. And I would like, I had been assistant coach. So we were setting everything up to keep out of, keep, <laughs> keep him from getting loose at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But there, yeah, you, I did manage to get one game. I think then, yeah, there wasn't by that time, we didn't play the teams that much. Because uh, of all the uh, teams who were in the league. Uh, right. not, you know, I look back when I played most of the years I played, we played each team 14 times. Yeah. Wow. Seven at home, seven away. And then the playoffs, we played them another seven. <laughs> so I mean, talk about knowing the players and the their habits and their tweaks, mm. and twitches and everything. You knew them and they knew you. Yeah. So it was like yep. more like a chess game almost in a way. Try and beat the other guy because you knew each other so well. 14 times jesus and that's where all the stick fights came from because players got <laughs> sick of each other yeah well now i look at you know they play a team maybe three times yeah three, three, three to times. four times maybe three yeah. four times yeah unless that that one uh freaking covid year though where they kept everybody in the same thing and then everybody played like what eight times or something oh yes a couple years back yeah that got a little wild too right because everybody was seeing each other. oh yeah there's quite a few fights that year i think Mm -hmm. ah. do you think it up. changed the game at all then i uh, made it a little more nasty shall we say but it wasn't didn't do anything too bad with it but it just made it a little more nasty kind of how i like it played i well, guess but, well that's <laughs> what you'd love with the old 14 14 <laughs> times because oh, yeah. you remembered every event all year <laughs> i was gonna say i was saying I said a few episodes ago or a little while ago on our show that I was watching one of the old school games. It was from like, I think it was from the late sixties, early seventies. And it was like, I couldn't believe like the clutching, the grabbing, the slashing, the cross checking, the stick work, the elbows <laughs> up, the everything. And I'm like watching the game and I'm like, that's a penalty nowadays. That's a penalty. That's a penalty. That's a penalty. And it seemed like I was thinking that every 30 seconds. Really? Yeah. 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 I like the game better back then. For 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 the record, I like the game better back then. Well, thank you. <laughs> I do. I loved it then. <laughs> I do. Yeah. You should have. Yeah. That's when you could play. When it was like I said earlier, is when it was it was amongst men. Like that's when you, like I don't know. To me, that's how hockey should be played. Mm -hmm. It's not soccer. I hate yeah. that. No, that. Yeah, that's oh. <laughs> Next thing you know, in hockey, we'll be laying down and flopping around. Oh, <laughs> they do that. I'm shutting the TV off and I'm closing down the show. That's it. I'm down. <laughs> that's it. Eh? <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't think we could take that. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, man, Terry, this has been yeah. fantastic, man. Thank you so much for coming on. This has been great. Um, I wish you all the best. Stay in touch, obviously, yeah. and uh, just good luck with everything, my friend. You know, I that video that I was going to send you was I was going to show you around my office here. Oh, and okay. Now I'm looking at, I see it on the computer here. I said, yeah. maybe I could show it. Yeah, give us a tour. Well, this is kind of interesting. And uh, I don't Five know cops there, humble brag. See that that old mask up there? That's a yeah. Doc Font, or very first or second one. 
very early. Wow. He never really wore it. It was one of uh, much. It just uh, yeah. And then, wow. uh, yeah, you know, a really small face. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah, it was probably caved in from all the pucks fucking bouncing off <laughs> yeah. of it before he yeah. wore the mask. <laughs> yeah, you should have seen him before he became a goaltender in the NHL. Yeah. Oh, there's I... Stanley Cups, and see that little uh, uh, statue there with a shield on it. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, of, a little bit of a statue there. Yeah. <laughs> Some guy in Toronto sent it to me for after the fight with Pulford. That it's like you know, I'm the axe man or the you know the the knight with the <laughs> the we- weapons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and I saw so something I kept. I don't know what else there is. Yeah, oh, I know what I wonder. There's oh over here. Oh. I don't know if you can see the teams. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. I could spend three hours in that office just looking around. Wow. Yeah. There's got it's got yeah. the Snoopy stuff. I love it. Yeah. Holy yeah. So that might a, be of interest to you a little bit. To... What a shrine, Terry. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I've had talks. some great memories yeah. and great things. And you guys are part of it now. I love this talking to you. <laughs> Talking hockey, learning about what's going on in the world today of hockey. Oh, this has been great, man. Yeah. So, how do you know my buddy Cobber? How do you like? How do you did like you guys meet? How uh, Ray, uh, Ray Schwartz. Yeah. I know him. Uh, how I know him is playing hockey. <laughs> how oh, else okay. do I know anybody in the world? Yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he he's a. Uh, Although I gotta say I have a couple of friends, like one down in LA, never played hockey in his life, but he is a good beer drinker. <laughs> That's how we got there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, Ray uh, plays hockey. He's a, a doctor and uh, plays with us on Sunday mornings and uh, played in some of these tournaments. Uh, I've gone with Ray. Yeah, super nice fellow. Mm-hmm. He's a doctor and. Uh, I love it. It still works. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, Terry, once again, thanks, man, for the little office tour for the chat. Um, you are welcome here anytime, my friend. Well, thank you ever so much. Yeah. Someday I'll forget to Terry. Nice to meet you, Mr. Harper. Nice to meet you guys. Are you ever back this way at all? Or are you ever out this way at all? I haven't been for well. I haven't been anywhere for a couple of this damn COVID thing. Yeah, I keep canceling, and then I fall in the middle of the night. <laughs> I yeah, was going to go on a trip, listening to the Red Hot Chili Peppers in a mosh yeah. pit. Yeah, that, that's it for them. I'm not going back. <laughs> so I did play actually in about three years ago. I'm going to go back this year, I think, in Jasper at an outdoor, you know, a pond hockey tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and also I think I'm going to talk to Ray and maybe go back and we'll play on a pond, an old timers hockey back east somewhere. I've mm-hmm. read there's lots of them back there. And, uh, oh, there's tons there. of tournaments in this area. I know there's one in Amherstburg that they play that's like uh, they do like a 50 or 60 and over thing too out, yeah. out, out this way in Ontario. Yes. If you're ever out this way, let us know though because we'll be more than happy to drink a couple beers with you, okay? All right. Well, I can't keep up with you guys, young guys anymore, but I, I still enjoy them. <laughs> well, Rob right there. Rob's the champ on this show. So, uh, 
I will remember anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was drinking with Terry Harper last night. <laughs> like, Where holy is, shit. I don't know. I got photos, I guess, yeah. on my phone. Yeah, pictures yeah. on my phone. That's the only proof we got. We got photos. Yeah. As long as there's Everybody's no video, we're good, Terry. Today. As long as there's no video, we're good, buddy. Yeah, no video. I'm so lucky I grew up, we grew up in an era when there wasn't photos. Mm, for sure. That's I why you guys had... see a lot of them that might have got taken by people. Well, yeah. that's why you guys had so much fun back in the day, because you didn't uh, have anybody that... ratting you out. You could, nobody would rat you out. Nobody <laughs> believed that they tried to rat you out because they had no film, <laughs> no picture. Yeah. Can't prove it. <laughs> yeah, you can't. You know, they tell you, everybody's laugh at them and say, that never happened. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking you about? You weren't drunk with them all night there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, uh, no pictures, no no evidence. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the way you think, Terry. <laughs> oh, thank you. I enjoyed talking to you guys. Yeah, Terry. It was a pleasure, pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much, man. I hope to someday we'll get together. Yeah, hopefully we do. All right, brother. Take care. Yeah, thank you. Nice to meet you, sir. I know. Thank you, guys. I lost my